Welcome everybody to the uh, roundtable with Applied Art. We have uh, George and Mark are here with us. They're the founding partners of Applied Art. Um, I'm a business development manager and our special guest who I think just maybe got kicked off. Is ah, Min ah. There, there I'm here. <laughs> okay. Mindy Toyne, who is the owner of In Any Event in uh, downtown Des Moines. She started that company in 2004. She's a full service event planning um, organization and she comes with a decade, hard to believe though, by the way she looks, of an agency experience. So uh, she's got some, a lot of insight and we're looking forward to a good conversation. Um, particularly with Mindy, she's got a couple of projects she's working on um, with uh, Des Moines Waterworks Park and their amphitheater is something that I think will be interesting and uh, maybe a new restaurant downtown as part of the Full Court Press team. So welcome, Mindy. We look forward and appreciate you being here with us. Oh, I'm so happy to join you guys. Thanks for the invitation. <laughs> so where do you want to start? You want to tell us a little bit about what these uh, two projects are that you mentioned? Sure. Um, I think, you know, we talked real briefly as we were uh, joining each other um, late, late this morning that, um, you know, how are we looking at the climate now and trying to take a, a, you know, a challenge that none of us have ever faced and hopefully won't ever face again, but it's, you know, we're not through this yet. And how have people pivoted their business plans and, you know, use that to create new opportunities. So um, we do have the hospitality uh, industry as a sector that we've focused on with our business strategies. I grew up in the restaurant business, so that's always been a, a natural fit for me um, outside of our, our full service, um, you know, full larger festival productions are is our specialty so by and large our business has been um shut down since mid-march um you know by mandate and uh so we have been fortunate to be able to still help clients um i'll start with the um, the amphitheater is a great example so we've had all but one um concert cancel through the entire summer, um, through September. Wow. So we're looking at a brand new gem in the middle of downtown. Um, I don't know if you all have had a chance to attend a, a concert there, if you did last summer at the Lurdison um, Amphitheater, and then there's a smaller side at the Killinger stage, but you know, delayed by weather and all, all sorts of things. We finally got it open. Um, and this was to be the season that really kicked things off. So, you know, that's a real blow to uh, an entity like Waterworks that is privately funded and, um, you know, very much counting on that revenue. So we've turned that around and said, look, there are organizations out there that still have events that need to be held. Um, they need to be social distancing. How do you do that? And where do you do that? And can you do it? Is it socially responsible to do it? So... 1500 acres of waterworks park you know that's quite a bit of social distancing so we're in the midst of a campaign to reach out to organizations ad agencies event planners um, corporate planners anyone really who may have a need production companies <laughs> uh, you know you need somewhere to shoot um but you know we have this entity available that will never be available again hopefully in a summer month into the fall, where right now we basically have a clean calendar. So if you want to have a wedding and you had to put it off a year, which many people did, um, but you decide now, oh my gosh, all of a sudden I could 
host a wedding at the amphitheater. Never again will that be an option, probably. Um, unless you're willing to pay what concerts would have <laughs> brought in. <laughs> right. So never say never. But, you know, so we have a unique opportunity in how do we get the message out and who do we target? Um, and immediately, you know, the response has been pretty great. So um, similarly, a lot of organizations who have had their entire workforce um, working from home or doing staggered schedules or had to, you know, completely shut down certain sectors of their business, how do you thank them? What do you do for them? What can we, you know, in these nicer summer months? So there's opportunity there too for a corporate, you know, an outing, um, you know, you, you can still be six feet apart, but scavenger hunts and you can still have, you know, catered food and, and those things can be done in a safe manner. So, so that's an, an interesting one. Um, Shannon, you also mentioned the full court press group. So we've worked with the full court press group for, um, well, since the inception of in any event in 2004. Uh, well, and that's actually how you the only establishments they had open were <laughs> Started right, yeah. yeah. You know the history, the very yeah. first Oktoberfest. So, so the guys really at that point, um, they had Buzzard Billy still on Court Avenue for those people who remember that uh, <laughs> before they moved. Well, you know, flooding Mother Nature, she just can do a doozy on, <laughs> on all kinds of businesses. But um, the Royal Mile was open and the Hessen House had just opened. Um, you know, El Bait Shop didn't exist, and of course, the myriad of other great establishments they have now where it weren't in existence. So, um, you know, that's how, that's how we, we started with them. However, they had two restaurants, um, one that we just opened on the third, uh, Rita's, that opened actually on the third. And then um, Crazy Horse is in the Drake area, and that was set to open um, actually in April as well. So that has yet to open, um, again, taking a very challenging situation, but capitalizing on an opportunity, because what a lot of restaurants are seeing is the experience is going to be different and potentially forever. It will never be the same. Your favorite restaurant where you go for your special occasions or to get together with your buddies or your girlfriends, um, you know, you may never experience that in the way that you always fondly remembered it. Well, these two establishments weren't open prior to the pandemic. So a great opportunity to have this solidified in their minds as, wow, this is, I love this. And this is how I, you know, you're not gonna ever remember it any other way. The seating will be um, as such and the service will be following, uh, you know, safe protocols and, and so forth. So, um, so there are opportunities that are benefits um, that otherwise, you know, not to say that it isn't an awful, situation to have two restaurants that you have sitting waiting to open you can do a lot of training and uh quality assurance and uh team building virtually and so forth but you know these guys know what they're doing and um i am you know i my hats are off to them because they are industry leaders and uh and are, are rolling with the punches and you're gonna see quite a few dining and um drinking establishments that just won't frankly be able to reopen so um so yeah i think that you know the restaurant sector has been very creative with the to-go cocktails and cooking classes and um you know just trying to to be philanthropic as well you come pick up a to-go meal we donate a meal to frontline workers i mean it's you know people are really um feeling vulnerable and connected during this time so i think it's a great opportunity to kind of play it 
you know, capitalize on the heartstrings that, <laughs> that are, that are out there and, and, um, people just, you know, kind of getting back to their core, um, of humanity. Um, the, the people that kind of transition to, uh, to go in the interim, how, what were the ones that were successful at it doing? Well, that, you know, the to-go sector of restaurants traditionally is pretty awful mm -hmm. <laughs> because you all know it doesn't taste the same, but unless you live above the restaurant mm -hmm. downtown, well, and everyone wanted to support local and wanted to keep dining out. And I mean, I've never cooked more in my life. <laughs> so yeah. Cooking and eating and meal planning. And um, so it is a, a way to support everybody locally, um, your favorite, you know, restaurants and, um, and then take, take a night off. But so, um, so there are people, I mean, limited menus, that was a popular, you can't, you know, there are just a lot of things that don't translate well. So I think the people that were trying to be all things to all people still quickly changed their strategy and realized mm -hmm. that, you know, let's pick the couple of things that can hold their temperature to a certain extent and started including reheating instructions or did partial cook and finish at home. Um, you know, kind of the take and bake philosophy that pizza had perfected and, and doing it. Um, but you know, social media as always is the, um, <laughs> can be wonderful and it can be awful, you know, reviews and pictures and people posting immediately. So it was almost like that is always the, um, you know, the caveat and in this era where everyone is just, uh, you know, in front of their computer at all times feeling that everyone really wants to hear their opinion on their burger, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the food critics are abundant these days, let's just say. <laughs> um, well, that's a good question. And actually, I think a lot of people talk about that. Um, how do you get reviews and how do you deal with bad reviews? I, well, I think in restaurants, it's huge, right? Right. And I'm not going to speak on uh, behalf of Full Court Press in, in that regard because they do have internal people who handle that. But I can just speak kind of fundamentally um, from, you know, my opinion globally and, and having um, owned restaurants at our family restaurants and so forth. So I think that, you know, the, the transparency is important. You see a lot of people deleting posts if they're negative and so forth. So, um, I mean, staying on top of it and being being honest and trying to, um, it's really no different than any other business, but, um, yeah, the bandwagoning is, is strong. That's for sure. Um, but I, I think that a lot of times people, they see it as an opportunity to exploit the restaurant. They want a free meal. They want you to post on there that we're sorry, your meal was bad. We're going to give that. And then somebody else sees that. And then it's like, Oh, well you gave George, I saw George complain about his, <laughs> his brunch. And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's precarious, but, um, you know, just tr transparency. And, um, I think that immediate response is, is important, but I mean, we've seen it during this pandemic, even with the, the produce companies that were, doing, um, bought, you know, boxes of produce to be delivered and picked up and so forth. And, you know, you're seeing pictures of half rotten produce being posted and mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not, a, not okay. <laughs> so, um, I think, you know, we, our philosophy, and I know the, the guys at Full Court Press, it's like, you almost just have to assume that everything that goes out your door is going to be photographed and posted, you know, that, that to go mm -hmm. drink that whatever I mean it's out there so um, so they have a pretty good philosophy about about that at, at Full Court Press as well they do a really good job with it but you know the, the public is 
the public. So you're never going to please, <laughs> never going to please everybody. And as long as you know, you're, you're doing your best. But um, that said, when you're, you know, they have niche establishments that are very um, based in the concept. So the decor matches the menu, matches the, right, High Life Lounge, perfect example. So does your roasted chicken taste as good at home because you're not at the High Life? And, you know, I mean, we could go back to my parents' basement. They have wood paneling, but um, <laughs> you know, without that is it's kind of like when you go back to your favorite restaurant when you travel, mm -hmm. back when we traveled, and it just doesn't taste the same you know was it because it wasn't the first time you were there or you're not with the people you know the person you were with mm -hmm. like and our brains are so you know it's so experience based so it's hard because are you missing the mark with your food or is it just like the total you know <laughs> the total package there so there's a lot of components to it yeah that's really i think it's it's the smell of the restaurant mm -hmm. You know, the smell of all the other food and everything that's going on. Um, I notice when I just eat at home, it's missing. It smells like home. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, now a lot of the restaurants smell like hand sanitizer and cleaning products. <laughs> Good point. Right. I mean, and honestly. Do you want someone with a mask? I mean, do you want to, it's a medical feel, you know, again, is that, some, is that a, something you want in your dining yeah. experience? <laughs> the ambiance, if the ambiance matters to you, now it's, it, like you said, it is forever changed. Right. I mean, at least we're in patio season, but that, you know Iowa. That'll last about yeah. six weeks. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, for your other events, I mean, we talked a little bit about, are, are many of them going virtual? Some um, of them probably don't translate, but. Right. A lot of our events don't, but some have. So like our market to market event is a um, pretty well established, popular running event that starts in Jefferson, Iowa, and is a, a team relay running event that was to be May 5th um, and then ends up downtown Des Moines. So, so that went virtual, you know, our, our festivals, our silent disco events, pride um that just you know officially announced won't happen until next year um you know just I, in my opinion and what we're seeing we, we have a lot of client events but then we have events that we own and and um and produce solely as well oktoberfest is a great example of that um do you want to go to an event even if we can um, that won't be the same, similar to what we were discussing with the dining experience, or would you rather wait a year? Um, I've always had a philosophy that not every event should have to happen every year anyway. You don't see that in this market, but mm -hmm. what's wrong with a biannual event? You know, make them miss it a little bit more and, and maybe come back stronger and, and different. Um, September is when that event is held, and that's just this, um, out of all the summer events that have postponed, have all moved to September. Uh, oh, geez. So including like principal charity classic. I mean, every event feels like September is a safe month. Like everyone's just really <laughs> putting all their eggs in the September basket. Um, but, you know, we haven't made a call on that festival yet, which is the 25th and 26th of September. But I feel strongly that um, people have really fond memories of, of how they want that event to look. And it's risky for about a hundred other reasons that I won't get into uh, right now with you guys, but you can, I mean, most of them are fairly obvious, right? Um, you've got sponsors to take care of, you've got exhibitors to keep safe and attendees, but 
safety is always our first and foremost and weather is always a concern. So you're taking a risky event anyway, in a perfect world in a, you know, with the perfect weather situation and then adding, um, you know, adding even more risk to it. So, so it's, um, yeah, there are lots of ways as you guys have done here um, to still connect and make people feel that they're important, their products relevant, they can still have vir virtual trade shows are super popular right now. Um, there's a great, you know, you have a, a virtual exhibition space and people work their way around the trade show and they're sending out swag bags, um, you know, so you're still getting your sample from every exhibitor just like only you don't have to go all the way to Vegas to <laughs> traipse your, you know, traipse around the, the trade show floor. Um, so, so there are opportunities, but our, our uh, core focus is pretty much grounded in being with thousands of people and <laughs> being able to eat <laughs> drink shoulder to shoulder. And, and yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. Yeah. How do you, that's, I mean, that's so difficult. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, smart investors diversify, right? Um, so we have, all of our eggs are, again, in a, in a similar basket where crowds equal success. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting even with like the silent disco um, concept, if you're familiar with that, I mean, it's headphones. We've always sterilized them between use. Um, there are products you can buy that go over earphone um, the earphone piece, if you will, that almost look like little hair nets that uh, make it even cleaner and more safe and people could clean their own. But to Shannon's point about if you, you know, if you're, someone's waiting on you with a mask or, you know, how fun is that? Um, <laughs> to double sterilize your headphones before you go out. <laughs> you know, I mean, we are going to get to the point where we can't we can't wait any longer to have some social interaction or have an event and a, a silent disco is a way that you could have a giant space those headphones have frequencies that go from court avenue all the way down to past the science center so i mean multiple block radius so you could have a giant event people spaced out but it's about the comfort level you know where have those been with it so mm -hmm. it's kind of like that's another well, um, entity that we have even other concerns with <laughs> <laughs> i think I think that prompts a good question. So how do you, from a marketing standpoint, because I've been to a silent disco event and I get what you're saying and yeah, people, there can be all the social distancing, but how are you going to overcome or what kind of efforts can, do you think you can make to help people get more comfortable with that concept so that, you know, they can take a breath and feel okay with it? Because I think you're right. Most of us are social animals on some level and we want to get out and have those experiences, but from what do we say in our marketing to get people to feel better about that? Right, and, and, and then assure them that they're safe. Um, and Shannon, that's the big, you know, that's the million dollar question, because until we can start doing it and see how people react and see what feels comfortable or is that weird yeah. or is that, can that be enjoyable? And is it, or is it just enough to, um, you know, and who wants to be, it's almost like, you know, the, to make it relevant, the pandemic discussion, the vaccine, who wants to be, who wants to volunteer to test the vaccine? You know, yeah. who wants to be the, who's our focus group for, for this? Like, who's willing to, um, who's going to sign up to be the guinea pig? <laughs> so personal. Everyone's handling this situation differently. Some people yeah. never change their lifestyle. I haven't set foot in a store since March, you know, but I have an 87 year old dad that I see every day. So it just, and here I'm the one that's making decisions about trying to bring thousands of people together. 
And honestly, I don't feel great about it. Um, but I have to think about our audiences and, you know, how do they feel? So then do you do surveys and, you know, it's just, it's just a real tough situation to be in. Um, because then you're letting those people guide your decisions as well. Yeah. Um, we're, we're in a unique situation because until July 1st, no public events in Des Moines that involve street closures can be held, you know, legally per se, per the mayor. Um, so when you're following protocol put forth by, you know, the government officials, it's one thing. Um, then we're going to get into this gray area of who's, you know, risky enough to throw their event and who isn't and who do you, you know, and then there, of course, are the political yeah. implications, which we're not getting into. But it's just, uh, yeah, it's hard to know with the, without just doing it. And um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll keep you posted. But, um, <laughs> yeah, for now, it's... Uh, it's a tough one. <laughs> well, and it'd be easier if everyone kind of followed the protocol, right? But Right. Uh, but then it's like, you know, we've also seen this past week, crowd mentality as well. Um, we can set forth expectations, but the minute somebody is respectful and then they're in your space um, at the event and then there's an altercation and is it whose responsibility is it security you know i mean you can just see these things playing out um, when all of anyone wants to do is just get back to socializing and having an event experience um so many levels of concern and safety which we have always i've always prided ourselves on being um arguably the the safest production company um in in the market because of all of the precautions that we do take and they cost extra money and they take extra time but they're so important um, never did i think i would be uh conferring with an epidemiologist to help me make a you know business decisions but mm -hmm. I, have a, I have a call on monday i mean i want fact-based you know um opinions and so that will help help us a little bit too um because i'm not you know that's not my area of expertise <laughs> Well, you know, and from a from a business perspective, you want to do the right thing, right? You've been shut down, your events are canceled, and, and look, it's not a hobby. Everybody's trying to to make a living in these small businesses and and corporations even that have events. Everybody wants to take the next step forward, but the affordability comes into play too. That's what's so disappointing about small businesses that have not been open the last two, three months. And then you've got people not following protocol and causing damage. And it's like, geez, these guys, everybody's had enough. We don't need any more of this. We want to get to the next phase, but it costs money to do that. And you got to make sure that it doesn't <clears throat> end up poorly. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. Um, and we work with Foundry Distilling Company uh, as well. And so that's another example of, you know, they um, started handing out freehand sanitizer right away in March. Um, and then we're able to turn that into without really even the intent, but you know, they were shrewd about it. And now they're selling hand sanitizer to huge chains. Um, you know, the fairways and the, um, even FedEx is contracting with them so that, you know, because there was wow. such a shortage there initially. So you take a business that traditionally would have been hit pretty hard, you know, a, a local distillery, um, just because of the, the spirits industry, um, despite the consumption in my household. I don't know how the spirits industry is down, but um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, 
So it's kind of like good for you. You know, you took a, an opportunity and seized it and, and helped and, and started, you know, they're kind of like, that's a Cinderella story because they, their heart was in the right place. Initially, they were willing to give it all away for free. Um, and then, you know, then they were able to profit. So that's, that's a real great um, story. Good example. Um, go ahead, Mark. I was gonna say, we have a question from the audience. Um, that is, do you think virtual experiences will become more commonplace for future events, even when in-person events resume? I do, um, because I think that there will, and again, it depends if there's travel involved and, and so forth, but I think so many of us in our lives have spent so many hours in airports and traveling and hotels, and I think that, you know, we're going to see the travel industry continue to take a major hit um, because people are going to perfect this similar to people working from home. You know, I think productivity, um, for the most part, if you see that that stayed somewhat, I'm sure you guys have looked at that too with your team. If you're able to work from home and you can work from home and you're getting your work done, like this works. So I do think that that will be a trend. And I think that there will still be those people that want that. I think it'll be a combination, to be honest. You want the speaker that you want to hear and connect with those two vendors that you actually care about and you know check that off your list and go back to life like that sounds kind of amazing instead of having to invest four days to get to a trade show and get home and you know so um so i think that's going to be in my opinion and from what i've read as well um, the industry that's hit the the hardest um or at least will evolve the most will be um you know like the trade show component yeah i uh heard an interesting statistic that the trade show, being able to take them virtually, a lot of the experiences can be very good, um, but the component that's missing from all of the virtual side is that face-to-face, -face. the um, the get-together for you know the breakfasts, the lunches, the cocktail parties, that that socialization. Yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna kiss up to me tonight after the, <laughs> the meeting? Right? Like, I need yeah. that. Uh, yeah, who's buying it? Um, no, you're right. And that's been, you know, the sales aspect and we're all really familiar with how that works too. Um, that is what differentiates a lot of businesses, the service, the connections, the, the, the chemistry that you have with your clients and your customers. And I think Applied Art is a great example of, you know, you guys have that and have for years and have kept it and kept loyal clients. And I had a question, but I forgot okay. what it was. Uh -oh. <laughs> I do have this, the thing, are face masks uh, going to be uh, a fashion accessory we're all going to have to have? And do you have one that where I can drink uh, and wear a face mask? <laughs> yeah. There are. Yeah, they do have the ones that have the, the hole for your straw. So, yes. I there can we go. Um, yeah, you're seeing logoed. I get five to six emails or texts a day from companies that are, you know, wanting to brand hand sanitizer and masks and um, pens that uh, deflect germs. Uh, you know, it's just, they, they've really taken the opportunity to say like, you know, we want to keep you safe and your guests safe. Here's how you're doing it. I mentioned the headphone um, covers for, um, I think that, you know, it depends on, on the market as well. I mean, there, I just got an email about a community in, in Colorado that is still mandating if you're in public that you wear a mask. It's very uncomfortable. I find it very suffocating. I had to put one on the other day and I, I had a hard time breathing. It was just, it made me, it was very awkward. Yeah, that's one of the issues obviously with them. So it's gonna be one of those, do we have the right to say you can't come in to our event unless you're wearing a mask? Mm -hmm. Because 
that makes me comfortable and it makes my staff comfortable. And if you're not comfortable with that, then I'm sorry. And so then what kind of rights are we violating? And, you know, I mean, I've had these discussions with our insurance company as well. And I know my husband just reopened his office and everyone's very afraid more than ever. We're, we live in a very litigious society, you know, mm -hmm. so someone comes to our event and feels they can trace their contracting the virus back to Oktoberfest. Yeah. So how do, what kind of coverage do I have for that? Yeah, right. <laughs> Please charge me more for insurance. I, I need pandemic insurance. So um, I think time will tell, George. I, I think as all Iowans do, life revolves around um, football and the Iowa State Fair. Um, you know, they've said that they're making a decision by June 15th, whether the Iowa State Fair will be held or not. Um, I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens with that. And also then who follows suit by saying, oh, well, we're gonna have the fair then fill in the blank. Um, or you can go the other way. Oh my gosh, we're having the fair. So you can expect another outbreak and everyone to go six months backwards. And here we go again. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're only sending your kids to school half time, theoretically, I know, you know, there's so many scenarios being tossed around and nobody knows what will happen. Do you feel comfortable getting a babysitter and going out to a, an event? <laughs> I mean, does that seem like something that is uh, prudent? I don't know. Um, we have, yeah, a lot of questions. Um, you know, um, I, uh, you, the thing I remember the question I was going to ask, you talked about when you don't have a live face-to-face, -face, you know, you go to an event, a virtual event, and you miss the sort of schmoozing part. Mm -hmm. um, so the, uh, can you, is there creative ways to schmooze uh, remotely? <laughs> Uh, well, I, you know, I think a lot of that depends on if it's within your market. Uh, you know, we were talking about the to-go cocktails, and some people have really nailed that. Um, the packaging, if you've seen people posting on, on social media, um, you know, the mason jars with the garnishes that are, you know, Some hung. of them, yeah. Some of them look better than they actually look when they get served in the restaurant, to yeah, tell you the exactly. truth. They're so perfectly curated. So, I mean, why couldn't you have i'm just you know this is off the top of my head but like why can't you deliver something like that to your clients you know this the kind of getting back to basics it's almost like who wrote um a handwritten thank you note recently maybe you guys have because you're great at that kind of thing but yes it's hcn and you have uh, but most people can say no i haven't when was the last time you delivered baked goods from a local bakery to somebody or you know so and those things can be shipped um, so I do think it's just kind of getting back to the basics and kind of having that aha moment where you didn't expect anything but whatever you ordered from Amazon <laughs> to arrive today. But, oh my gosh, this vendor or, you know, whomever sent me this perfectly curated gift that, you know, kind of built I think it's a, I think it's a great idea and I'm a big proponent of it. One of the thing one of the issues that's come up for me because we wanted, I wanted to send some thank you gifts to some folks that have helped us out. And I have to ask for their home address because they're all working from home. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's just another thing. And I know that's reflective of the comfort level. And so it, it hasn't been an issue, but there have been times when it, you're still building the relationship. So I'm not completely comfortable, you know. Hey, I'm going to run asking, by your house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the drive-by, drive drop-off, but then, you know, you don't want it sitting in an office that there's not going to be anybody at for another two months because, you know, that's, right. that's 
silly. You've got those key moments. And so it's a little, I mean, you can't even, my friend just had major back surgery and I couldn't even send him flowers. The hospitals aren't, I mean, you can't, you can't even do that. So you're really having to think outside the box. Get creative. But I think it's back to basics, you know, I mean, just doing the right thing and, and doing, you know, the smart thing or what you can do when you, when you can. So um, yeah. I think that the communication, I mean, the number of emails that we all got that all started out with the same sentence, mm-hmm. of, this finds you safe and well, or, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh my gosh, I, I can't even, I can't, I can't read another one. Um, you may have something really important to say to me. Um, but to break through that clutter on Facebook and email marketing and all of that right now is just, you know, more important than ever. And, you know, I will say nearly impossible. So, I mean, you guys are the experts, you know, um, you know, what the arena that we're in. So I'm curious. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, um, for people that are on and inclined to join in the chat, how do how comfortable are you all attending an event, you know, in In the near future? Let's just say in September. How <laughs> would you know? But I, I just, uh, you know, it's pretty polarizing on Facebook when you see people like, I would never in a million years go. Or like, yes, I, I would, I'm there, you know? So it's like, is anyone willing to, to say their comfort level with, with events? It's different than dining out. I mean, it's not, you know. <laughs> I would. Yeah. With, like safely yeah (laughs) well I wouldn't I wouldn't want to wear a mask because I've I've just recently had to do that and was really really uncomfortable um but I would an outdoor activity for sure I think I don't think that I would I don't think I would be bothered by it interesting okay no I mean that just doesn't well if we send out a formal survey I'll make sure to include you all (laughs) yeah there we go yes well George and Mark you didn't answer what how what's your comfort level do you think um i i think it's going to be dependent on the more of the the national and state what's happening um also what is my plans coming up over the next span of time for example like you know mindy says her 85 year old father well if i'm going to see my 82 year old father i probably wouldn't in the two weeks prior to that just to make sure that i'm not bringing anything if i'm going to go see someone that's at risk i would probably not attend something or i would postpone my seeing them until after you know a a self-quarantine period but you know right before this whole thing started in early march i was in las vegas at a trade show so you know, taking the prudent thing and then the whole time coming, you know, being there wasn't such an issue. I mean, you, know, you wash your hands more, you were a lot more cognizant of what you were doing. There wasn't masks really yet available for that. But on the backside, when I came back, you know, that was before there was a stay at home order, if possible, here in Iowa, I self quarantined myself. So right. um, I, I think it's there's there's so many more factors anymore for and I think it's going to be age dependent of all right what am I going to be doing after um, Mm -hmm. that may affect this yeah very interesting so yeah I'd have to agree with that it um, kind of depends on the event first Mm -hmm. (laughs) what's my level risk uh, reward uh, ratio there Um, I think it's important the problem with uh, COVID is you can't see it 
So uh, it's really easy to forget it's around. Right. And you almost have to assume everybody has it. Um, and I think the issue is, um, uh, like Mark was saying, it's it's maybe you know if you're younger and healthier, you're you're probably less likely to have issues. But who else are you going to come in contact with? You know, right. your next eighty-year-old next-door neighbor you just happened to pass by, or or what? Right. So that's true. So I think yeah, that's. I think it takes a spontaneity out of you know, events. I think, you know, it's interesting the, like uh, Iowa State for their football, currently, you know, 50% occupation or uh, uh, occupancy. occupancy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then no day, no game day ticket sales, you know, no individual game ticket sales. So they, they're taking the spontaneity out of it, which is, you know, for live events, you know, you plan, you want to attend, can I attend, but you know, that's a whole, side of live events that you know yeah it's like hey yeah i want to go see that artist downtown tonight so right yeah i mean so i mean taking that profit potential out of it from you know the other side of the the fence mm -hmm. are just again so many just because you can doesn't mean that you should and then you know it just uh yeah there's a lot more to it but i, I like hearing your perspectives because that's just that adds the the complexity, um, and I think that you're obviously intelligent people that make uh, decisions that are grounded in logic, and not everyone does. But I think that a lot of people aren't looking that far ahead. They're thinking about today, and not to your point, Mark. Mm -hmm. Like most people aren't thinking 14 days in, in advance if they are going to visit somebody who. I mean, honestly, 60 and over is the, you know. And so, yeah, I'm not quite there yet, but my husband is. You know, it's like. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. no, although we can do the at-risk shopping in the morning. <laughs> Our groceries, dear. Happy birthday. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's just, it's a bummer. It really is. But mm -hmm. I, mean, I think we all are done kind of crying about it and like, we're going to roll up our sleeves and, and move on. But it's, it's very soon to be moving on. And to be honest, it's already been a really bad year for a lot of us. Um, so it's kind of like, why not just write out another really crappy, year and try to you know hit, hopefully hit refresh in 2021 on some of these annual events that um it, that will be more safe and less risky hopefully and, and uh you know kind of go from there so, so well, yeah, we'll have and maybe later. we'll know a whole lot more about this how right. it's transmitted and, and the immunity and the uh, ability to get tested. Who knows? So many questions right now. So yep. many questions. Very few answers. Lots of speculation. So. But yeah. I think I think the uh, the overarching theme with all this is it doesn't matter if it's a pandemic or if it's a legislation or whatever. You just have to be creative. You just mm -hmm. can't think that what you're doing is going to work always. You know, once everybody starts doing it, then it's it's going to stop. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really, it's like she said, and it's about, you know, seeking new opportunities, new creative ways to do things and not getting stuck. And I've said this many times, the emotional contagion where everybody just kind of feeds off of each other and the panic metastasizes and it makes it even worse. We have to. It's hard to not have personal interaction, but. We just got to keep our heads down and keep moving and, and stay as positive as you can. 
Yeah. No. And, and Iowans are great at that. You know, we're, we're a hearty, hearty group, which I think has come around a little bit to be maybe not necessarily because <laughs> you almost feel like, oh, well, this isn't happening to us right here in the heartland. Uh, but, you know, it, it will come back to be another a positive because we, um, I think we're a pretty resilient group. Um, and so, so we'll see for sure, but I sure appreciate you guys having me today. Yeah, it was great to talk to you. Great to see you again. Great to see you all. Thanks, Mindy. We really appreciate you being part of this and, uh, we will talk to you soon. You bet. Take care. We'll let you know when we're back up and and running. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. All right. (laughs) There we go. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Take care. Have a great weekend.